a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. Welcome to the restricted section where we are all growing numb to the trauma of losing all of our father figures, as well as the trauma of painting ourselves into the corner of this book series. <laughs> I am here today with my friend Andrew. Say hello to the listeners, Andrew. That was very oddly specific. Sorry. Hi, everyone. Also here with us is Haley. Say hello to the listeners, Haley. Hello, listeners. I'm Haley. And last but not least, but definitely the shortest, is Leela. <laughs> Say hello to the listeners, Leela. Hey, listeners. Help! I've been painted into a corner. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever done some, like, super dumb shit like that before? Like, like, like painting yourself into a corner? <laughs> no, that sounds so funny, though. <laughs> I feel like I surely, I surely must have. At least, like, I used to work at a used bookstore, and, like, I, I whenever I had to oh, uh, yeah. organize a section, I would, like, take a bunch of shit off the shelf and then, like, look around and realize, like, oh, God, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to just jump and, <laughs> like, with no running start here, huh? <laughs> like a cat, you just gotta, like, judge Yeah, it. literally, and like, I would just be like, it, ah, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I think anyone in food services mopped themselves and always mop out. Oh, yeah, Don't mop out for in. sure. Yeah, Otherwise, you're gonna true. end up staring down a whole lot of mopped with a mop well but i do feel like to circle back to the bob's burgers thing that i probably cut out of the preamble to this episode i do feel (laughs) like when i wear my crocs though it's like i can step on anything with these i'm running my carpet cleaner i'm mopping crock 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 is it is our crocs your uh your plug for today Mm, no it's too cold. I haven't worn them in too long. I can't. I can't in good faith. <laughs> so you're just thinking about them a lot, huh? I'm just thinking mm-hmm. about how nice. They, well, in the winter, okay, fine. I do my Uggs when I vacuum and mop. <laughs> Although that is much more dangerous. They're much more slippy. Anyway, we're here to talk about Half Blood Prince. Uh, we're almost done talking about this goddamn book, guys. I liked it at the beginning, but they just go on so long. Oh, my God. Six down, one to go. I know. It's incredible. We've been talking about Half-Blood Prince since did not put date on this, did not put date on this, <laughs> since uh, fucking July. Oh, that since so much insert less time. date. That's so much less time than I thought it was. It feels like it's been all my life. <laughs> we went faster this time, no? Yes, or, we yes did. because this has seven chapters less than the previous book and and the next book, okay. or like approximately. Let me see. It's not that she counted or anything. She it's definitely not that I didn't do the math. One. The next one definitely has thirty-seven. Let me see. Does Order of the Phoenix also have thirty? Oh, Order of the Phoenix has thirty-eight. <laughs> and yes, thirty-seven includes the epilogue. Unfortunately. <laughs> Didn't you also schedule more recordings than last book as well, though? Like to try to get us through it faster? Or no? Well, ultimately, that would not result in more recordings. Oh, yeah. But I also didn't do that. Oh. <laughs> it pretty much can be one a week no matter what, right? It's going to be one a week no. no matter what. Well, what I did with Half Blood Prince is the first couple episodes of this season, I was like, let's record these like six weeks in advance. 
But then it was weird and bad, and I never knew what week it was or what episode was coming out, and our conversations were inorganic. Like, I can say right now, it's February 21st, because that's a week (laughs) from tomorrow, which we should have recorded usually on Wednesdays, but it's Valentine's Day, can't record tomorrow. It's the 21st right now, y'all. So that's something that you can do when you're recording short distance. It is nice to not have to pretend you just had Christmas. Yeah, I yet know, again. lol. We've had to do that a lot to get um, burned before reading on its feet. Um, and, but I, it's so inorganic to pretend that I left it in all the episodes. Remember that one where you were like, this week is Jason's birthday. And I was like, can you say it again and pretend like it was last weekend? And you were like, um, yeah, it was great last weekend. His birthday was great. And then I just left in the whole, you just got to leave in the whole thing. I did that with Christmas too. I was like, it was like Christmas hadn't happened yet. And I was like, Christmas was so great, you guys. Oh, yeah. That, that was the one where we had um, Mike Booth be on the show. Because I remember we were all like, oh, yeah, Christmas. Great. I was Christmas. like, something <laughs> happened. So you, I won't tell you now, but something did. <laughs> and then no one laughed because no one knew what the fuck I was talking about. Not, neither I did I. I still don't honestly. know. What you're, okay, okay. I don't you, know. And then, then when I said, what are you talking about? You were like, it'll, it'll reveal itself. <laughs> yeah. I, I figured something would happen, you know. Surely it did. <laughs> we can't go back now. So, Harry Potter. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. The name of the book. Yeah, <laughs> sure is. I basically just have some listener emails, and I mixed them all together because our good listeners wrote multi-facet emails, so we I've staggered them. We're going to be starting with an email from Ashley. Hey, Ashley, we love you. Ashley's been on the pod before. She's the one with the sweet southern accent, just in case you need your memory jogged a little bit. And if you're from abroad, even southerner than our accents. Yeah, <laughs> if you can hear the difference. If you're from New York City, <laughs> even souther than us. Um, so Ashley's first question is, many of the guests said that book six was one of their favorites. Now that we're done, it's definitely my current favorite. For the host that went into Half-Blood Prince with any opinion, good or bad, Do you feel the same after finishing? Did your feelings toward the book or series change during the reading of book six? Leela, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I definitely went into this feeling um, a little bit wary just because I really disliked Order of the Phoenix so much. And I think we all kind of shared that sentiment. I, um, as a kid, the book that I I reread them all, I think, except Order of the Phoenix. And I think the one that I reread the most was... Goblet of Fire. I really liked it. I think maybe because it was like, I guess the horniest to a kid. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think I just really liked all, um, you know, the tournament and everything. We've, we've already talked about that book. But I kind of forgot. I like really don't remember anything about Half-Blood Prince or the final book. So like just little snippets here and there. So I guess I must not have reread it a lot. I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. But going into it, I definitely felt as though I liked it. I, I liked it more than anything I'd reread so far. And I feel like that did hold up. I think as it, as we went through, um, it had its highs and lows, but overall it was more interesting to read and kept me more engaged and interested in what was going to happen next as a reader. Nice. Yeah, I feel you on that. Haley, do you want to answer while I go find a lighter, which is the one thing I forgot to bring to my desk? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, bye. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I would Stretch. agree. <laughs> I think I would agree with that, uh, Leela. I definitely um, 
I, I enjoy Order of the Phoenix more than most people do. I understand I'm an outlier on that. I liked how long it was uh, when I was growing up because, like, when we were waiting for the last two uh, and I was rereading the series just for fun, like, Order of the Phoenix was just, like, a nice long finish to, like, rereading the series. So I got to, like, stay in it longer. Uh, like, yeah. that was kind of how I saw it. Um, and, like... I, I would also agree that Half-Blood Prince and uh, Deathly Hallows are the two that I've reread the least just because of when they came out. Like, that was kind of the tail end of my peak Harry Potter years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, going back into Half-Blood Prince this time around and doing, like, the, you know, critical analysis that we've done uh, through the whole series, I did definitely enjoy it more than I remembered enjoying it. I, I think it feels... It, it makes Hogwarts feel like a high school again, which, like, it hasn't for the last couple of books. Like, yeah, yeah Triwizard Tournament was very, uh, like, you know, there were visiting students, like, it was very chaotic. Uh, Order of the Phoenix felt like American high school, but it didn't feel Prison? like Hogwarts. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same thing. But, like, book six felt more like, uh, oh, yeah, this is... If I had to read, like, just the first book and I'd never seen any of the others and then you just, like, dropped me from book one into book six, I would be like, yeah, this oh. is what the older students would be like. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> Haley, I know that you've never been big on romance. I wonder if that's part of why you didn't like book six much when you were younger. And, like, now that you're older, you're able to, like, see it for its, like, narrative and character value that's, and appreciate it Yeah, a little that's more. probably also part of it. I just don't have a lot of patience for those kinds of storylines, especially when they aren't yeah. given, like, enough attention to make them interesting. Like, I still don't buy most of the crushes in, in this book, you know? Well, it's hard to when the most compelling crush is how much Harry Potter crushes on Draco Malfoy. Yeah! <laughs> and that one doesn't even get acknowledged in text. Ugh. Andrew, what about you? How do you feel about book six compared to when where we began? Uh, it's probably the least like shifted that I've been of any of them. Oh, I, I don't know. It just it 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 was. We all really learned to hate Order of the Phoenix, huh? <laughs> yeah, that what, what, you know we were united in hatred there, and that's a beautiful thing. But I don't know. It it is what I remember it being, which is both good and bad, right? Like you, were, I agree with everything that's been said so far. I just, I don't know, it, it, if anything, it, it just wasn't as special as I think it used to be, which kind of sucks, right? Like a lot of yeah. these, a lot of this trip has been having these, uh, these books lose a lot of their shimmer, I think. Mm, sure. And uh, I think of, like I said, of the ones so far, this seems to have lost the least of it. But I also don't know if that's just because it was never like my super favorite one to begin with. So Interesting. I feel like my, well, I cheated though, because I read this book like six months before we started recording that <laughs> season. <laughs> so I cheated. So I feel like my opinion was unchanged, but I also feel like that's because <laughs> I was extremely prepared for, I mean, as always going through these books with friends points out more problematic issues to me. So in that regard, I think I like it a little less, but um, on the flip side, there's always some cool stuff that I didn't notice either that I, you know, enjoy to look at. So <laughs> It's a wash, y'all. Yeah. I think for me, like, the main difference between, like, the last two books and the first four is that the first four are more escapist. Like, yeah. like if you're a lonely 14-year-old kid, like, reading any one of those feels like an adventure you could be a part of. 
And then, mm-hmm. like, okay. the last two are very plot-based, and, like, nobody yeah. writes fan fiction that is integrated with, like, books six and seven. I'll put it like that. I never really saw <laughs> a lot of that. Yeah, I think another thing, too, is that, like, book one aside, because that's our, like, exposition book, but books, like, two, three, four... They all have these like really interesting like mystery premises that are happening to Harry. Like Harry cannot escape. He's like forced into these positions of confronting these mysteries. And then book six, it's like just him being like meddling and annoying. Yeah, (laughs) It's like nothing's happening to him. It's just it's like, come on, man. Just, just focus on your studies. Yeah, like, this is the one year that you actually have that chance. <laughs> yes, take mm-hmm. this opportunity. He's like, no, I'm really worried about Draco Malfoy and the Half-Blood Prince. Ne- neither of whom is talking to Harry at all. Nope. <laughs> well, just, I mean, the Half-Blood Prince sort of was talking to him through the book. Only because of, like, meddling. <laughs> I mean, it's not like a Jenny Weasley situation. but Like, for example, the Prisoner of Azkaban was so Harry's problem because he was, Sirius Black was ostensibly coming for Harry and ultimately was, like, connected to Harry's parents, the cause of their death, and then ultimately his godfather. Like, that story is so belongs to Harry. Yeah. Nobody else could have done that. Yeah. But if Ron Weasley had ended up with this textbook... <laughs> It just would have been happening to Ron Weasley. Like, it didn't have to happen to Harry. It had nothing to do with him until it, he made it his problem. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, all this time yeah. we've been wanting him to, like, do anything. And then, like, he... And now he does this? Yeah, he turns, and he turns, he turns he 16. And he, like, it really, it feels... I guess this is what having teenage kids is like. Just, like, do anything. Do anything. Come out of your room and do... Et- Not that. Not that. Not, <laughs> not that way. Not that thing. Why this? Okay, fucking Ugh. fine, I guess. That's the experience. I liked parts A and B. We're going to scrub everything out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to let kids do what they want to, but also they make horrible choices. So. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're not smart yet. <laughs> some of them never will be yeah <laughs> I'm just thinking I'm sorry I keep talking about Burr before reading I just like it better than this podcast and I'm just remembering our episode a couple weeks ago Leela um, Christie's guide to living for your soul <laughs> yeah which was like 130 items of what I thought at 16 was like living for your soul including eat a banana go to the bathroom go to the bathroom oh my god <laughs> Don't Scream. let anyone make you feel like you suck. A lot of stuff that I didn't realize. Marriage was super... is forever. That's oh, the one I was no. on. <laughs> I think I think because they're all directives, I think it was acknowledged that marriage is forever. <laughs> anyway, so go listen to that if you want some real teenage enlightenment. Okay, our next email is from Mott's classic. <laughs> Andrew, can you do the little What's that? Oh, that was a good one. Like, that was really good. I, the first time you ever did it, I actually saved the sound clip, but I just make you do it every time, oh, I so I don't, I don't think I've used it. Ooh, you can layer it on top of him singing it, and it'll sound like two Andrews. <laughs> oh my god, oh, every, just turn it into a chorus. <laughs> just layer all of them together and make a choir of one word. Okay, let's do this. Everyone, let's sing Mott's Thoughts in a four-part harmony. Okay. Three, two, okay. Okay. one. Mott's Thoughts. <laughs> 
beautiful. <laughs> I wasn't was expecting Haley to go low. I wasn't expecting. <laughs> what were you? What were you expecting me to do? I don't know, but not that. that I thought was I was going girl. low, and she went lower. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Mott's obviously starts his email with "Hello there." One day, Mary Clay will understand what that's referencing, but I do, Mott's. I know what you're referencing. Hello there. I cannot believe that y'all only have one book left before you can finish this podcast. Neither can we. <laughs> I have mixed feelings about this fact personally. On the one hand, I'm extremely happy for you all that you won't have to deal with this series anymore. But on the other hand, I'm sad at the prospect of having to deal with my Wednesdays not including new episodes of the show. Wow, Mots, have you tried Burn Before for <laughs> Yeah, stop. Tina loves it so much more than this podcast. It's actually her favorite child. I'm having a good time here. I'm having a really good time here. Anyway, we're not quite there yet. Before, And that's why I keep Mott's having an emotional reaction to this podcast ending is why I've been telling everyone for six months. Our last episode is Christmas of this year. I'm not going to surprise y'all. That's when it's coming out. Ooh. Before then, we have the group therapy episode to tackle. So here we go. I love that Mott's <laughs> knew it was up to him to write this episode. <laughs> he knew. <laughs> he was we can always count on our old buddy. <laughs> Mots wrote us a quick game of would you rather yeah i heard game and i got worried but okay <laughs> would you rather is fine standard would you rather i think you're saying fine way too early Haley. yeah let's see what let's see yeah. what's on this i list. don't have to win this if you want to know what we're talking about you just have to sign up for our patreon bonus episodes because Haley and Andrew, are, whenever Mott's is like, I wrote a madman Harry Potter trivia quiz. I'm like, well, Andrew and Haley, you're up. <laughs> God, he's so fucking good at it. Yeah, yeah. we're all really bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> Two things can be true. <laughs> okay, do you guys remember who Arnold is? The Pygmy Puff? Haley? The Pygmy Puff. Oh. Mm. Would you rather. The wrong book. Are you talking about Argus? Are you talking about Argus from Percy Jackson? No, I'm talking about like at the beginning of uh, the last book we wrote. We've oh, read. okay. Oh my God, my brain. No, not. Are you talking about Frank Bryce? Yes. Uh <laughs> okay. Arnold the Pygmy Puff. Would you rather fight 10 Arnold sized inferior or one inferior sized Arnold? <laughs> one inferior sized Arnold. How can you land a punch though? He's so soft. I, I don't have to. I, we never defined what fight means. It it could be any kind of fight. Tickle fight? It could be I a see. hug fight. She's going to do a battle of wits with a pygmy puff. It could be a kidnapping. It's still part in fairy, right? No matter no, what. No, it's, it's just sized. It's just the it's size sized. of a human oh, it's person. Size. It's definitely an Arnold. It's an inferior sized Arnold. Have you ever seen, like, the, mm. you know those giant beanbag chairs? It would be like that. A love sack. Yeah, a love sack. I used to have one in love my old loft. You remember baby. that? <laughs> <laughs> wow, surely they've done a commercial with that song. <laughs> Got to. Okay, Leela. Um, hmm, I really don't. I don't prefer to be swarmed. So <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, yeah. See, like but I'm, even <laughs> small zombies. I'm not doing it. Um, okay, they're not um, zombies though. They're just it's wait. I'm zombies. They, they're, they're zombies. They they're are. Zombies. Oh, so the the question is okay. I got it. So the only so, thing about it being big, about it being in, inferior, is that it's. Would human you rather fight ten 
Arnold sized in Fury. So like a okay. couple inch tall in Fury zombies or one in Furious size Arnold, a.k.a. a giant Arnold. I, I think maybe the little guys, you could just like just sweep them into the river. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it would it would be like having rats after you. I don't I don't. Oh my god! Uh, this would be much smaller than normal rats, though, right? No, have you have you seen a rat? Have you seen a city rat? Yeah, city rats are gigantic. Andrew, you lived in yeah. you Possums. lived in Norfolk, right? <laughs> okay, yeah. Listen, listen. This is what I picture when we're talking about an inferior size Arnold. I'm thinking about this guy. Can you see? Yeah, <laughs> it's Grimace from McDonald's fame. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I feel like I could uh, take him. <laughs> just, gonna fight a, him? just a Look, giant. Would, you gonna fight that's him? Just I would pay so plug. much money. I would. I would give away my nicest thing to see that fight, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fight a butt plug. I'll fight any butt plug. Like, what are you talking about? Like, look at him. <laughs> Those are famous last words right there. <laughs> Did you guys hear on our girls' trip when Brooke said she would pay good money to see? You, Haley, and you, Leela, fight each other. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I forgot about that. Or I wasn't there. Oh my god, which of us would burst into tears first? Leela, <laughs> it's no question. Oh, yeah. Le- Leela's already crying about <laughs> it. <laughs> you don't like, you don't want to fight a friend. I, would I understand. Not. I, would I don't want to fight a friend either. I would hate to fight but anyone, but feeling. especially Haley. Um, okay, uh... What about, did you go with Tina and Andrew? No. Did you go, Leela? Uh, yes, I said I would sweep the little ones into the river. I pick okay, little. Okay. You're assuming <laughs> a river. Yes, I have, in my scenario, the James River is right afoot. <laughs> the James River's not deep enough. It uh, would be enough to kill an Inferi, though. Like, that that level of From the bridge. You can't kill an Inferi, it's already dead. <laughs> well, it's the rivers, it's the rest of someone else in Richmond's problem now. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps like mine. A, it's it's ju- just like Moses, but instead of a baby, <laughs> it's a bunch of tiny zombies. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? You Andrew? were gonna do the whole thing, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, oh, I uh, I would definitely choose the smaller option. I, you, the last thing I need is it? for Grimace to go like crazy and actually start trying to. Attack, attack. Yeah, here's the thing. Furry, don't let furry. Yeah, trick tigers you because, are furry. <laughs> because, yeah, my cat Pepper is all of like 12 pounds of pure fluff, and that bitch packs a wallop. That bitch has some weight. If she fucking body slams into you, you're down. Like, I think that if Grimace from McDonald's walked up to me, I would... It, it, I wouldn't be able to get into fight mode with him quick enough. I w- I'm just like already on the ground. I, okay, but and I'm, like I, my, the wind is gone, and I'm like, what just happened? Okay, okay, to me? okay, okay. Pygmy puffs are miniature puff skeins, which are like another thing. It's a it's a Fantastic Beats thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm, puff skeins, I do not believe have limbs. So mm-hmm. this is just like a paraplegic mm-hmm. chinchilla. It's angry, wow. stop, but very so large. That's stop. You're making me think about Sweet Pea from the Super Bowl. Don't bring up fucking Sweet Pea, guys. We watched this whole fucking puppy puppy. Bowl, no, no, no. Okay, we, no, because we watched the Super Bowl, right? But like, it's us, so we weren't watching this. Well, Andrew was, Brooke was, we weren't. So, but like, we had the fu- the Super Bowl on the big TV, and then Sean 
being Sean at a good man set up another big TV next to the big TV <laughs> with the puppy bowl running parallel. Um, it wasn't a big TV. It was biggish. <laughs> the first one was a big TV. The second one was not a Medium big TV. TV. I think of TV sizes still in terms of like like the old it's literally the, it's the size of my computer monitor yeah i <laughs> am i blind is it a giant monitor i grew yes, up with is. 90s tvs the square yeah. aspect <laughs> ratio and shit like anything rectangular yeah. to me is big anyway we what? watched the puppy bowl and there was a fucking like the teeniest tiniest they had him running past <laughs> children's shoes so you could see that he was smaller <laughs> than the children's shoes and his name was sweet <laughs> pea and it was sweet pea and then, and then, and then, and then the fucking puppy bowl ends and they do a goddamn <laughs> in memoriam <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest, funniest thing I've ever seen, and it's like, and also like, it was like laughing and crying. Like this is why children get eyes. trust issues, and we all started singing "In the Arms of the Angels" by Sarah McLaughlin. As is tradition. <laughs> oh man, don't invite us to our to your Super Bowl party. Is the moral of that story? So, oh my God. Andrew, were you the one who said there's no limbs? No, Haley, you yeah, said there's no yeah, limbs? Yeah, I don't think they have limbs, man. So maybe we all need to find the <laughs> giant Arnold because we could just roll yeah, him down the hill. Yeah, this is what I'm fucking saying. <laughs> okay, that's true. Okay. Aha, I found the hole in your would you rather mod. I still feel like it would be pretty cool to just, it would be not cool, it would be really easy to sweep him. So. Sweep him, stomp him. Really cool. I would not stomp him. I, I mean, if you can if you can sweep tiny zombies into the river, surely you can roll a giant cotton ball. Yeah, or you can we just gotta... roll it home, and then it's yours. Through <laughs> that, find it, the law of finder's keeper yeah. is sacred. <laughs> Possession is what nine tenths of the law, I believe. Yeah, that's enshrined. And at, at least sixty percent of people have no idea what statistics they're saying out loud. <laughs> Okay, would you rather have to try to escape the Horcrux cave with Gilderoy Lockhart or with Gregory Goyle? I feel like Gregory Goyle will at least not slow you down, right? Like, he's an idiot, but he understands the necessity for escape. Like, I I have that much confidence in him. I don't have that confidence in Gilderoy Lockhart. Gilderoy Lockhart is already at the bottom of the lake. Yeah, he voluntarily went to the <laughs> bottom of the lake. Like, like my thing is that Lockhart would push you at the zombies and run, but Goyle <laughs> is slow enough, like in oh, all yeah. senses of the word, that you could push him at the zombies and run. <laughs> mm, wow. Okay. And he would, if nothing else, slow them down. You could even, like, just leave, I mean, just, like, fend for yourself. Like, you don't have to push him. You could have the peace of mind, as a Hufflepuff, of knowing I didn't push him towards the zombies. I just had my back, and I said, come on, come on. But he's, you know, obviously he's really fucking slow. And so then the zombies kind of come and get him. But you can lie to yourself and say, I did all. Oh, I'm a, I'm a Ravenclaw, <laughs> and this is just logic to me. Oh, yeah, you don't lie to yourself? <laughs> I, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll go with Gregory Goyle too. Yeah. I think that yeah, yeah. in a moment, I think especially if it's me, me, 
Because I think in a moment of panic, like for example, Goyle and Hermione Granger. Not that I'm like a Hermione, but I think compared to Gregory Goyle, I am a total Hermione. Yeah. And I think that if they were like in this cave together and Hermione started telling him what to do, he would just do it. Mm. He's not her enemy at, at, in that yeah, moment. Yeah, he's just minion coded. Like he's, he's yes, going yes, to. He's your minion yeah, now. Yeah, he's going to default. <laughs> It's like when Regina George joins the field hockey so that the plastics have to go find other lords to serve uh, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way you phrased that. <laughs> other lords to serve. I mean, basically. <laughs> sorry, lord, lordettes, because lady is a sexist term. Lordettes. <laughs> totally. Would you rather... <laughs> this is so good. Stop. Mods, I can't believe this. Would you rather go on a date to a Quidditch museum with Cormac McLaggen or to the long-term spell damage ward at St. Mungo's with Neville Longbottom? Haley? Oh, God. <laughs> I think... I, mm, there's so many variables here. I know. Did Neville ask me to come? Yes, it's a date. But, like, was it his idea or his grandmother's? Mm. I don't know, man. It's, you don't, you don't know either. You're just the date. Uh. Let, let's say that, let's say that at the very least, you're not going to meet his grandma. She's not going to be there, uh. but does that change anything? Here's the thing. I think the Quidditch Museum could be fun in the sense that I think I could get him in trouble with security. Oh, that's that is fun. How would you do it? There's so many ways, dude. Okay. There's so many ways. All right. Okay, Leela, what are you thinking? It's not for me. So for Neville, um, so we're we're going to like his grandma's wing as a date. No, his parents. Oh, his remember? Pa oh, Doy, his parents' wing as a date, but his parents and they are going to be there. I guess is. Yeah, I don't know how that's a date. Moss, I think we need to talk about your standards it's, for dates. All right. I mean, honestly, I, I, I can't deal. That's too much for me. I, I'm I'm an empath. Too much for me. So I'm going to say um, I will go with Cormac, but I will be a brat the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Andrew? I mean, it doesn't say that it's like, does it specify a first date? Does it specify that? Does not specify. I really hope. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Listen up. Everybody, everybody listen. <laughs> okay. okay. It's really cool to be honest about who you are with someone you're just getting to know. That's a <laughs> But taking them to go see your hospitalized family members <clears throat> on the first date is asking for a little much and coming on a little strong. A wee bit. You cannot do that until at least after the third date. I actually at encourage least. you to wait a little bit longer. Yeah. But third, if the, if the vibes are great, third date, sure. Well, maybe, maybe what maybe what this is implying is that you've had a nice long relationship with Neville, and you're ready to like. I know, I know, because that does sound nice. That sounds lovely. Like you know, <laughs> get a cottage off in the in the countryside or some bullshit. But like, oh. you're right. The implication is more like it's date four. <laughs> <You've>, <laughs> you, first date is insane. You would never be on more mm -hmm. than a first date with Cormac McLaggen. <laughs> right. so. Yeah, you. I mean, the thing is, like, people don't go, tend to go on first dates when. They just talk about themselves the whole time. Let's meet in the middle and let's call this a second date. 
Ooh, okay, still Cormac. <laughs> for both of them. For both of them, it's just, it's a second date. So that means you said yes to Cormac again, yeah. but that also means that Neville's doing this not so, Way so soon, early. but a little pretty soon. It's, it's early enough that I can definitely convince Cormac to try to ride one of uh, the brooms in the museum by telling him that everything on display in every museum is just a replica. Didn't you know that? Yeah, no, you can totally ride these. You should totally show me your technique. But aren't a lot of things in museums replicas? Though? A lot of them are. It is not everything. That's the line that yeah, you'll hear. Okay. But no, it's it's usually they'll say if it's a replica. Oh, OK. I feel you. So for me, I, my answer to this question was clear from the very beginning. I might I might have been with my husband for almost a decade, but I am a dating girly. I find it extremely fun. Now I just have a lot of um, vibrant friendships instead. But I love dating. I love when it goes bad. I love when it goes good. I'm the kind of person who's I'm going to have a good time the whole time. And I might be really mean about you with my girlfriends after <laughs> Cormac McLaggen. Cormac McLaggen. I would be having fun the whole time because he's putting on a show for me of yeah. what a crazy narcissistic person can do on a date with someone that they barely know. Like, this will be fascinating. I'm going to be taking detailed notes, and I'm going to be reporting back to my friends. <laughs> and that's a great story. It my is. friend Adrian, one time she went on a first date with somebody in college, and over dinner, he pitched an idea he had for, to her. Dead serious, first date, never met him before in her life. He said, I want to sell water bottles where the sippy part is shaped like a vagina. Oh, my God. His name, Darius Stanley. He went on to- <laughs> Make some modifications. That's a great story. That's a great story. And I'm still telling it. So that's what Cormac <laughs> McLaggen would become for me. <laughs> would you rather help a blast-ended screw take a shower or visit the prefect's bathroom with the monster in Harry's stomach? Oh. Do you remember how throughout this book he's been referring to the beast inside of him as a metaphor for being horny? Yeah. Is Harry I, coming I, too? Is, I don't know. This, this influences my answer a lot, actually. Does he have to come? I'm going to see if Mots is awake. <laughs> what how time is it in Norway? I have no idea, but he keep, the man it's keeps like odd hours. Yeah, but the man keeps odd That's hours. Great. Okay. Is Harry present along with his monster? Let's circle back to that one. Okay, would you rather take fashion advice from Archie Aimslow or Bob Ogden? And I will remind you, Archie is the guy wearing the nightdress at the Quidditch World Cup in book four. Bob Ogden is the ministry gentleman who went to the Gaunts in the memory in book six wearing a frock coat and spats over a men's one-piece bathing suit. You know what? You know what? Haley, go first, obviously. I already know Archie's reasoning and agree with it. I want to hear Bob Ogden's reasoning. I want his motive. I want his means. I want to know absolutely everything about every sartorial choice that man has ever made in his entire fucking life. I am fascinated. Okay, okay. Archie just makes sense. Okay, I got you, I got you. Andrew? I'm going to go with Bill. Bill? Bill. That's okay. Bill. Let's Bob, go Bill. It's Bob. Yeah. Bob. Don't. Bob <laughs> is the one. Don't correct your friends with that. Bob oh, it's like is so the much one. funnier. Okay. okay. We go Bob. 
So for the record, Moss is offline, but he could get up at any time. But TBT on that last would you rather. (laughs) Now we're moving on to another question from Ashley. This book is horny. All capitals H-O-R-N-Y-Y-Y. I can hear her saying it. (laughs) Out of the main romantic relationships in this book, do you identify with any one in particular? Have you had a similar experience or dynamic in one of your own relationships? Jenny Dean, Jenny Harry, Marnie Ron, Ron Lavender, Romilda Harry. <laughs> Ashley, why'd you write that one down? <laughs> hope you don't. I hope you didn't love potion anyone. Oh, she immediately explains why she wrote it down. Draco Harry. To answer my own question, I guess my husband and I started most like Ginny and Harry. I had a big giant crush on him in elementary school, but we didn't get together until after college. Thank God. Oh my God, so painfully wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> so cute. Any of y'all relate to Libla, I guess? <laughs> I <laughs> relate to I relate to Lavender. I relate to Lavender. But and I've definitely dated Iran, but I've been avoided when I was just being a total sweetheart. All no, I did was honey. give you a <laughs> I know I don't want to say it anymore. It's a different a bit. I haven't talked about it on BBR. Save it for BBR, girl. <laughs> yeah, I've been lavendered. Thinking about lavender giving Ron that my sweetheart necklace. I didn't do that, but I think I probably would have done something like that. I think that all these relationships feel relatable to me. Cause as someone, I just said that I date a lot and I like dating and I dated in high school and it just felt like this. Mm. I did not date a lot really ever. But I did have a uh, friendship when I was about 16, so around this age, that, like, went a little off the rails when the friend got kind of obsessed with me, and it was, like, a whole unrequited thing, um, that then turned into kind of a stalking thing. Anyway, uh, so the whole, like, like, Harry's dynamic with Romilda is not dissimilar. Ooh, (laughs) okay, Haley. You said you appreciated my unique stalking gifts. How dare you? That was when we were 26. I said 16. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit of a Ginny. I don't think I'm like a total Ginny. She's like a little sporty in a way that I'm not really. And she's she's more low-key than me. But the way that Harry is like, I can't with a bitch who cries. <laughs> Sean just kind of like has a pretty low emotional (laughs) threshold. And when I first started dating him, I had to bring it way down emotionally. (laughs) Like I had to slow it so hard, which has ultimately been very healthy for me. But the way that Harry's like, ah, thank God I dumped her and she didn't cry. I'm like, it just reminds (laughs) me of Sean. (laughs) Oof. Um, But I'm a total lavender and Harry and lavender would be a horrible pairing. That would be a nightmare. Harry would simply never. What are some of the worst ships? Name like a horrible, horrible ship. Oh, God. I mean, I think I just named one of the worst ones. Yeah, yeah. Harry Lavender's pretty bad. Like, are we talking to actually contemplate or like a crack ship? What is a crack ship? Crack ships are like when it's just, I think this is a funny relationship to imagine. Oh, yeah. Fun- yeah. Nope. Mm. Yeah, there doesn't funny, need to a, be a, a, a quickie and a funny to imagine. Okay. <laughs> Luna Draco. <laughs> wait, wait, so she's blonde. the only one who's strong enough. <laughs> <laughs> They're so fair and blonde, it's too much. They're too powerful. That is a lot. 
<laughs> it would just, in like... They would look like... I feel like they would take up ice skating if they don't both already <laughs> ice skate. Or, or, Eurovision. Or, yeah. because oh, you know what those people are... Because we're talking wizard or alien. Okay, Eurovision. Most of you are wizards. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> but there's a few aliens. There's definitely yeah, yeah, a few sure. aliens. I think a funny ship is Professor Bins with anybody. Maybe mm. a Bins McGonagall ship. Mm. Pretty funny. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not good with these. Snape. I've never been good with these. <laughs> I think that if the characters in had fun together, things would be good. Ooh. I don't know. Slughorn and Dumbledore. I was gonna say Snape and Dumbledore because like Snape because Dumbledore's so obsessed with him. Yeah. Like is that a thing that people have said? I feel like there's Why at least so a little bit of porn me? out there about Snape and Dumbledore. I don't, there's porn I don't about everything. There's porn, there's about, porn about, everything. about everything. Okay, so I actually have a question that we didn't get to talk about. I think when we were talking about this chapter in the book, but what would have happened if Harry ate Romilda's love potion? Oh, Hermione would have been all over that. Harry takes the love potion like chocolates from her and and then like in the common room, I think. And then like six months later, Ron eats them in the dormitory when like all is quiet. So like, let's say that Harry ate them on Christmas instead of Ron. So it's like six months later, Hermione's not around. Like it's like quiet. And I think it was Christmas. Was it Christmas? No, it was Ron's birthday. Yeah. I mean, would Ron have just run straight for Hermione? Because <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they were fighting. Uh, I think Ron oh, also yeah. would have, like, if Harry was suddenly acting obsessed with this girl that he has shown less than zero interest in and whose name Ron might not even truly remember, I think Ron would do what Harry did and take Harry to Slughorn. Okay. Yeah. So, unfun question. <laughs> Hmm. Okay, great. But I do think that Slughorn and Dumbledore would have at least once had a dalliance. They both have <laughs> old queen energy. Uh, how many old queens can you have in one relationship? I guess two. Quite a at least. Yeah. At least. <laughs> how many can you stuff in one castle is really the question. <laughs> if it's a castle full of wizards, quite a few. Quite. See, and, and this is why I would like an like The Office, but with the Hogwarts professors. Not for real, because I'm super done with this franchise, but in theory, I think that would be so fun. Because it you would. know that if it was played for laughs, a lot of them would be fucking each other. Mm -hmm. Totally. Oh, yeah. It would be so funny. Ugh. Man, and in that show, I would do my fan casting of Matt Berry as Gilderoy Lockhart, and he would yes. Oh, that's genius. Amazing. It would finally explain why so many people that are supposedly the top of their field would want to go live in a castle in Scotland with a bunch of children. That's so spot on. That's exactly <laughs> right. What other benefits are there? Nobody retires. They just stay. Besides year after year. Besides Phileas Flitwick's amazing head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, our next email is from Jay. Hey, Jay. Oh, no, I didn't like that one. <laughs> Hello, Jay. Much better. Peeps, more of a general question about the series. Do we feel that fucking Joe... <laughs> that was, it reminds me of, like, Sleepy Joe. <laughs> fucking Joe Rowling. Fucking Joe Biden. Do we feel that fucking Joe was a master at planting seeds of story points she wanted to use later in the series, or was she just adept at taking elements from previous books and reintroducing them as something the plot needed at the time? Mm -hmm. Okay. I think I already know what my answer is going to be, but I'm going to keep reading the email. 
She re- introduces Riddle's Diary in Book 2, and later it's revealed to be one of many horcruxes, magic we have never heard about until then. In Book 4, Dumbledore mentions the mysterious room of chamber pots that is later revealed to be the room of requirement, which can transform to any room the user needs. That's also revealed to be the Hogwarts junk drawer, but it's not on the Marauder's map, and the map never lies. The Marauders found everything about the castle except the room of requirement, Bullshit. Peter Pettigrew as Scabbers and the twins never notice that on the map. Again, bullshit. The big one is the book seven reveal that Snape is a triple agent. Well, I'm okay with this reveal. Joe claims she wrote this him this way from the very beginning, but I don't feel there is support for this in the writing until the end of book four. There are plenty of other examples, and I realize this could take an entire episode. Well, we'll try to keep it shorter than that. But what do we think? And then they said, maybe it could be extra... Patreon extra content? Wow, great idea, Jay. Sorry we didn't do that. <laughs> Thanks and love you, Jay. Thanks and love you too, Jay. A lot to think about. Yeah, I mean, definitely the answer is yes. Was she just adept at taking story elements from previous books and reintroducing them as something that the plot needed at the time? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But like, Absolutely. at the same time, like, if you remember from the Pottermore days and like uh, the website before the Pottermore days, which had like some games and like if you played the games, you could unlock a lot of like old notes and stuff. So mm-hmm. a lot of those elements were planted very early. Uh, I remember something about like Dean Thomas was originally supposed to be uh, kind of fill the role that Neville ended up in. So like he had a whole backstory that only really gets touched on a little bit uh, in book seven. So like I I know that there were elements that were intentionally planted to be like a through line, but I don't think the main elements of the plot uh, came into play until pretty late in the game. Yeah. yeah. Um, another thing, and Haley, I'm interested to know if you agree with me about this, but writing a series that's kind of cluttered as a way to have doors that you can open later mm-hmm. is like a really valid way of writing a long series like this. And I think that I would probably like do the same thing if I was doing something this ambitious is just like leave yourself a bunch of bullshit sprinkles that you can circle back to later. And if you need to. Yeah. What do you think, Kaylee? I I would agree with that. Although I think it's interesting that. I don't know, I would need to I would need like more time to percolate on this, but I feel like a lot of things that ended up becoming plot points started out like as throwaway jokes like, like the room of requirement mm. coming from the room of chamber pots. Oh, yeah. Like, was that deliberate or was that supposed to be a throwaway line? That's the kind of thing yeah, that it's I'm too early to know, right? And like, that's the kind of thing that, it, like, I would need, I would need to see, uh, like the scribblings, uh, to truly believe that that was planned from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. I. I personally do see a lot of value in just like scattering a lot of little world building details to potentially build on later. Um, I'm also a lot mm-hmm. more of a plotter than a pantser uh, than most people are to a... I only ever seen this bitch plot. I've it's, never seen her write. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, it, that's uh, that's like saying I've only ever seen this person draw architecture things. I've never seen them drive a nail. Like, sorry, you have to draw, you have to have the plan before you start building. So, <laughs> is my philosophy. <laughs> I was gonna say, some people feel that way. Well, some people have a lot of plot elements to 
make work together and don't want to run into a Half-Blood Prince Deathly Hallows situation. Sure. Well, and as a reminder, Haley, we did find out that I think books five, six, and seven were the only ones with a continuity editor, right? Yes. Uh, and those are notoriously, in my opinion, the most continuous ones. Yeah, <laughs> they are. Yeah. It's noticeable. It really feels like the plots, the plot starts now. Sean and I used to watch this baking show. I even forget what it's called, but this lady, the lady hostess had like a very thick accent. I don't even know from where. And she would always say, the clock starts now. <laughs> Sean and I say that to each other a lot. <laughs> but the plot starts now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Although, like, it does drive me fucking up a wall in this one, the hand of glory thing. Like, What drives you up a wall? Because, like, you know when Draco lets the uh, Death Eaters in and then, like, Harry's getting the play-by-play from his friends later on and Ginny's like, yeah, and then... Malfoy came out holding that that awful shriveled arm of his. Yeah, his hand of glory, like the thing that only gives light to the bearer. That's come up. We've seen it in Borgen and Burks. The other, it's yeah, but never. Why does it matter? Because they're talking about like, oh yeah, the hand of glory that Draco's had for years that we all know about. Yeah, of course he has that. We've talked about this, right? Mm. Yeah, no, that's mm. been a plot point from the beginning. It's he, he's always had it. But I don't think it's a plot point. Couldn't they still have gotten out without light? Like or whatever. Why did Why did he? Need I that? feel like it's you know when you're they had at, the Peruvian darkness. No, like this powder. is what I'm saying. It, well, like and then he had the fucking hand of glory to lead them through, but only he can see. So yeah, like but I everybody just don't feel else, like that's like a plot point, right? And like you know from like editing long pieces of writing, sometimes like in developmental stuff, you'll end up cutting content, but then like around the proofread, suddenly something will crop up that's like, oh, this belonged to a B plot that we scrapped, like this whole passage uh... is no longer relevant. But like it just yeah. it just stayed in well, because I got confused yeah. about which version this was, and I think that and that's that what is, happened. And that is why you mm. need an editor and a proofreader. Yeah, and you need, you need two. Supposedly a, a continuity editor who somehow did not catch mm. this. I've never worked on anything longer than a trilogy. I think a trilogy is like the perfect amount of plot. Mm. Like I think it's so fun to plot a trilogy. I love when I like get this first book to a series and I read it and I'm like, this is so fun and good. Dear author, tell me what the rest of this trilogy looks like. And then they spell it out to me and I'm like, that is so tweet and noise. Like it is so good. I'm so stoked about it. It's like you get like the setup book, the chaos book and the resolution book. And it's just so neat and tidy. Yep. I would seven is such an unwieldy fucking number of books to try to yeah, read. Yeah, but it's magically important. <laughs> <sighs> Hmm. Any other thoughts about fucking <laughs> fucking Joe? It would be interesting to like go through with a critical eye aimed mainly at trying to pick up plot points that were never picked up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it depends on like how like it's it would be hard to find the line to draw on that. Right. You know what I mean? Because like, there's so many like what's an element? What's a plot point? Yeah. And it, I think that in order to like get those materials, you would either have to have an agreement with like her or just like her? get her yeah. or just get her very from the Super Bowl? into Pottermore and I don't want Yeah. No. no. The answer is no. That's the thing. I I get that I've always made mistakes on this podcast and I've always said stuff wrong. 
It used to be because I didn't know, and now it is because I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Although on Burn Before Reading, I did really mess up the plot of Pride and Prejudice, and I'll never live that down. We got got it so confused. See, that's the kind of literature that I'm trying to store in long-term storage. (laughs) Yeah, but Harry Potter already took up all this. You don't don't need to know who Faye Dunbar and Faye Dunbar's friends are. Oh my god. (laughs) Haley, Haley, shut the fuck up, because do you remember our conversation, like, it was within the last, like, three days when I couldn't remember the name of my bong. Yes. yes. And you were like, it's Faye Dunbar. How did you and I forget like, the name of your tallest child? Well, because <laughs> I haven't smoked out of it in a long time mm-hmm. because I got Hannah Punk's Hannah. May she rest in peace. And now I have Miley Iris. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Email from Mott's part two. Everyone, three, two, one. I have a little game for you. That's like when Jigsaw says, I have a little game for you. Do you want to play a game? Fucking little Nordic accent. I know. <laughs> Can we just say no? Like Poor drugs. Just... <laughs> um, no, this one's going to be fun. Okay, but I'm going to share my screen. Oh, I have a little game for you. Which of the restricted section hosts co-host or not your host would you put in the following positions and he gave us a list of job titles and we have to put we have to assign them to the different hosts chosen one dark lord headmaster of hogwarts minister for magic hogwarts caretaker hogwarts poltergeist portrait guarding the entrance to gryffindor tower and conductor of the night bus so i'm going to share we're going to do this together i'm going to share my screen oh my god (laughs) This oh is going to be so fun. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different positions. And the hosts are Tina, Haley, Andrew, Brooke, Grace, Mary Clay, Mary Peyton, and Layla. Yay. Hmm. Okay. Any first gut instincts on this one? Brooke's got to be Minister of Magic. I'll put her there for now. Anyone have any other contenders for Minister <clears throat> of Magic or places where Brooke would do better? Ooh, it's tough. That's a tough one. Um, okay, let's just start dropping people where it feels good, and we yeah, can rearrange we can them later. Yeah, always rearrange. Um, chosen one's going to be the hardest one. I, yeah, I mean, I gotta say no to that. It's you. You have to be the chosen one. I disagree with no, what I just said because you're Chris, you're Christina Khan. I hate this. Christina has to be the chosen one, and Sean has to be the dark. No, <laughs> no, Sean. No, Sean is the dark lord. Um, uh, okay. I think that Mary Peyton or Grace. For headmaster. Oh, Grace Mary is, Peyton. Yeah, Mary Peyton headmaster. Mary Peyton has management experience. Grace yeah. is pretty nice. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like for a headmaster, you don't want nice. No, yeah. exactly. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Mary Peyton has the... She would be a little bit... I think she would grow up to be a bit of a McGonagall. Mm, you know what yeah. I mean? I think I, I'm going to take a conductor on the night bus. <laughs> yes, yeah. Andrew. Yeah. yeah, that's... yeah. Okay. That's my Amazing. destiny. I do feel like Haley should perhaps be the poltergeist. <laughs> really? <laughs> Just a poltergeist. I was gonna say Mots, but Mots here. Mots isn't on the list. He's well, just we, like the uh, the uh, We can give Mots a job. Narrator. In order to get to potions class, you must answer me these questions three. <laughs> three. Yeah. I was gonna totally. say you would just bother people that weren't studying. You like that would be your thing as a poltergeist. Okay, I'll be the portrait. Listen, I think this is actually perfect. I think that Mary Clay would be a really good portrait to Gryffindor. <laughs> she would be a, she would be a bit of a Sir Cadigan. Totally. Oh my god! <laughs> she'd be, yes, she'd be like, 
She'd be like, hey, how's it going? How's your day been? And she'd be like chatting you up and you're like trying to give her the password. And she's like, oh, yeah, well, I was just doing this. And you're like, I, you're a portrait. And then <laughs> I know this, what you've been doing. But also, if you forget the password under absolutely zero circumstances, is she going to let you pass? <laughs> okay. Mary Clay, is she a poltergeist or the portrait? The more I'm thinking about it, the more I think I'm a poltergeist. So okay. I think she's got to get the portrait. Mary Haley. Uh-oh, I've okay. got options here. Wait, okay. Lily, you can't be the Dark Lord. <laughs> Who's left? I cannot, you're going to make me care, take care of animals? Look at that. Everyone listen. If some, Listen, if someone has to be the Dark Lord, it has to be Brooke. I don't think anyone else okay. is willing okay, to do it. Okay, you're right about I that. I think Brooke, she Oh, God, be am I in charge of everything? No, no, you are not, honey. No, you are not. <laughs> I mean, Andrew, I know that your true calling is to be the conductor of the night bus, but... Bitch, I can't drive. I've... <laughs> I do think. Well, neither can Ernie. Is the thing, Leela? Okay, um, I, and, I but think like I would, Andrew, I you're could be a better only, portrait. I, I do think that you're a you're you're a poli sci major. So like, maybe you should be the minister for magic. I just put Leela in the chosen one position and put myself in the minister of magic. <laughs> hey, I don't want to be chosen. Well, the chosen one never does, Leela. Leela, who on this list do you want to be? Who are you trying the to painting. oust right now? I want to be the portrait. You want to fight Mary Clay to be the painting? Yes, I can just sit there and I'll be great okay. at it. Mary Clay Tits can out. barely walk. She has so much foot surgery. She can't be caretaker. Absolutely <laughs> not. Oh, no. I think, I think Andrew, I think you need to be bumped down to caretaker. <laughs> oh, no. I'll take, I'll take care of the I feel like you animals. would take That's... good care of animals. Absolutely. Wait, where's Grace? Who's on here twice? Oh my god, wait. I'm me! You t- uh, Grace is the chosen one! <laughs> oh, oh no, honey, she's not though. Okay, so I'm the chosen one. And, and Grace is the minister of magic, and she's way too nice, and people are really mean. Oh, so, so it's so it's a fun situation. Oh no. Okay. Sorry, Grace. Think, sorry, Grace. You're so nice. <laughs> oh, this is a bad idea. What about if Grace Think about Grace as a conductor on the night bus. I want to ride on that <laughs> night bus. That'd be a fun night bus. It'd be a, it would be a very pleasant night bus. <laughs> okay, what if we? <laughs> what if? Okay, would you? Okay, would you guys vote for Mary Clay for minister? I would either that. Well, that's not that's, or uh, caretaker. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have to vote for her because, like, it's a it's parliamentary. So <laughs> I'm asking if you would vote for her. So we do Mary. We do Mary Clay here. Conductor of the night bus is. Back to Andrew and Grace is the caretaker because <laughs> she likes animals. Didn't she ride? Horses? She did come as a forest dryad for uh, yeah. one Halloween. So I mean, that's like kind of she similar. Lo- she looks great draped in vines. She literally came as Severus Snape's Patronus to that party, <laughs> <laughs> right? Is that the one you're talking about? I think With so. With the yeah. horns? Yeah. Antlers? Yeah. Oh my God, guys, what if Grace is the Dark Lord? <laughs> I, I do Grace. think that she's going to snap one of these days. No. See, here's the thing. If Brooke's the Dark Lord, the real problem is like, there's a decent chance that it's a really good Dark Lordship. Right? Like, yeah. Like, she's crushing it. She's probably going to be crushing it just in an authoritarian way. Yeah. So, should should we put someone else in the Dark Lord position to have a more low key uh, opposition? Leela. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put someone incompetent in charge of the whole, the whole villain's 
Layla's like, how did I even get elected villain? <laughs> I, what happened? I thought everybody liked me. I mean, you'd be a very camp. You'd be a very camp villain, which I would appreciate. That's true. I you mean, I'm not like, saying I wouldn't yeah, bring no, the glamour. You, yeah, no, you would bring so much glamour, and that's why everybody loves villains. You know? I, okay, that dark green is so flattering. Mm. It's a really good color. Uh, okay, should we finalize this, or do you guys it. do you guys really want to switch stuff around? Lily, you can't be the dark lord. Okay, <laughs> people aren't gonna like that one. But what about sometimes when I think mean thoughts about people? That's Lila, not you're the nicest one. That's that's Christian Kilt, honey. That you're the nicest one of us. No, I think we need to switch Grace and I. Grace would be much more fun as a conductor of the night bus than okay. Okay, thanks for being honest, right? Yeah, yeah. That's I'll, I'll live the life of a caretaker. That's not you'd be good thing. at it. All right. Yeah. Because I was about to paint a picture for y'all of, like, imagine Grace waking up in a quaint, cute little cabin on, like, a Scottish moor. Yeah. And having her tea and her, like, morning book read. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the vibe would be good for her. But Conductor of the Night Bus is Chaotic Grace. And that's fun, too. <laughs> yeah, Chaotic Grace is awesome. Yeah. Okay. So here's where we are. The chosen one is Christina. Really? Is that where we ended yep. up? That sucks. <laughs> and does anyone disagree? No, I'm gonna switch me and Mary Clay. <laughs> <laughs> is that she's wrong? Not here. No, no, she's <laughs> she's the youngest of us. Like she's she's oh, the closest yeah. to being a teenager as to save the world. She's the most viral too. Yes. Okay. Okay. I believe this to be true because okay. I'm in charge. I here's the thing. I'm trying to still be in charge lately, but not the number one in charge. So I'm <laughs> not about go. to show someone. Okay. So here's where we're here's where we landed. I hope everyone appreciates how hard we agonized over this because it was hard. <laughs> Thank you so much for this. The chosen one is Mary Clay. She's going to refuse the call. You know what I mean? She's going to do the hero's journey. She's been studying the hero's journey for a long time now. She knows exactly what to do. The Dark Lord, Brooke. Only because she's the only one on this list who's willing to be mean. Yeah. <laughs> Headmaster of Hogwarts, Mary Payton. The bitch is in charge. She's going to get you to class and she's going to whoop some ass if she has to. Only figuratively because we don't believe in corporal punishment for children. <laughs> Minister for Magic, Christina. I don't know how I got here, but I do think right now, given the current political climate, I'm the best person for the job. Hogwarts caretaker, Andrew. Picture this. Andrew wakes up in the morning on <laughs> And he pours himself a cup of tea and does his little morning reading. It's a nice life for him. He's happy and he gets to grunt as like a language choice 80% of the time. <laughs> and he gets to fight trolls. Oh, Presumably. God. Hogwarts poltergeist Haley. There was never any question about that. Moving on. <laughs> Portrait guarding the entrance to Gryffindor Tower. Leela. <laughs> this is so funny because <laughs> you are literally, I think, just trying to make friends and they're really just trying to get to class all the time. Classic. <laughs> and you Sorry, definitely, you know how... You know how Denise and Violet are always like getting drunk together in yeah. that portrait. I think yeah. that that's us. I'll be your portrait neighbor. Yay. <laughs> I'll be Violet. Um, and then the conductor of the night bus, Grace. She is a cautious driver, but her music choice is wild. <laughs> <laughs> and she's so friendly. Amazing customer service. Mm. Did y'all ride the bus to like high school or elementary yeah. school? Yeah. Uh -huh. oh, yeah. Did you remember your bus drivers? Were they nice? Yeah. I, well, I had one that was not nice, but I had most of them were sweet. Yeah. One of them in Alabama did tell me I was going to go to hell for celebrating Halloween. Well, oh, let's, we're not talking about Alabama right now. <laughs> <laughs> Any of the other ones. That's the only one I really remember. 
my high school bus driver's name was Art, and he was like a grandpa, and he was so nice and friendly. I loved him so much. Yeah, I used to leave my phone on the bus like just about every day, and That's that wow, that driver is not remotely surprising. She was like, "Your background's a selfie." I knew it was you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's actually a really good pro tip. Yeah, it is. This is an identifier. <laughs> oh, I don't have any friends. No. Okay, our next topic is from Ashley. Ashley asks more of a thought here, not a question, and. Well, she okay. She I said not and not a question to clarify. She said more of a thought here, and correct me if I'm wrong. Literally every defense against the dark arts teacher attempts to kill Harry, except for Snape. Is that right? And she wrote them down for us. Quirrell, duh, she says. Lockhart tried to stage an accident in the Chamber of Secrets. Lupin was a werewolf, but still. Barty Crush Jr., duh. Umbridge sentimenters after him almost uses the killing curse, which Ashley admits could be a movie memory. I admittedly don't remember. Then we get Snape, terrible but not murderous. Uh, anyway, I was just sitting here thinking about how many of Harry's teachers have tried to murder him. Hogwarts, right? I hope you guys liked Half Blood Prince a little more than Order of the Phoenix. I sure did. Book seven. Oh, here we come. Book seven. Oh my god. Woo. Woo. Yay. Oh. So how about that? How about that? That all of his defense against the dark arts teachers have tried to kill him except for Snape. Yeah, and he's never suspicious even one time. He's like, I wonder who the defense against the dark arts teacher is this year. (laughs) 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 I wonder who it'll be. Someone great. Maybe it'll be someone who knew my dad. This time we'll be best friends for sure. Everything will go so well. (laughs) (laughs) Leela. Yeah? You're guarding the Gryffindor portrait hallway thing and kids come up to you and you're like testing your different accents and they're like, please can we just get into the room? We were German this afternoon. The the password is Bierkan because it's it's beer can but you say it with a Jamaican accent and then yeah. and then it sounds like you're also you're saying no. You say beer can with an Australian accent, and then it sounds like you're saying bacon. This in is a exactly how okay, she yeah. explains it to the first years. <laughs> They're like, I have to fucking piss. <laughs> I'm like, well, you should have thought about that while you weren't paying attention to me. <laughs> how dare you talk about peeing? You know, I don't get to pee anymore. Now say beer I used to. Now say beer <laughs> I guess technically Lockhart didn't try to kill Harry. I mean, he didn't try to kill Harry, but he absolutely would have killed uh, Harry. Yeah. 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 Um, I think it is really interesting to look at Snape in this particular lineup because he is the o- he's the best of all of them. Yeah. He's the only one where murder was not really on the table for him. Mm. <laughs> I think he would be um, upset about his place in the lineup, though. Yeah. He's like, it's not because I didn't want to. <laughs> well, shit. Well, and it does like, you know inherently come down to antagonists too because like pretty much every person that was in that role ended up being an antagonist well they, they were like, the well, new person it's being introduced every time yeah. it's interesting yeah. because yes Quirrell definitely ultimately was an antagonist but he wasn't acting that way but he was when he was trying to kill okay so the ones that are exceptions Lockhart was I don't think it was ever I, I think if you asked him he was never acting as an antagonist he was doing like um damage control you know what I mean just stealing people's memories and 
potentially ruining theirs. But, like, not from his perspective, though, but, like, in terms of his function in a story, then, yeah, he's an antagonist. Mm -hmm. Like, he's causing problems Mm -hmm. just by existing and being the way that he is. I guess it's just because his smile is so damn charming that I'm like, "Ah, lol. Um, Then there's Lupin, does not serve as an antagonist, except for in, like, the most concrete physical sense for five minutes during, like, A Prisoner of Azkaban. He's an antagonist in that he is bodily in danger. He's a complication is what he is. Yes, he's a complication. Barty Crouch Jr., obviously antagonist. Mm -hmm. Umbridge, wow, most antagonist. Mm -hmm. And then I think that, um, oh, yeah, her little list didn't mention... One of the Karos yeah. teaches it uh, next yeah, year. But, they, but Harry they doesn't. They definitely also, at least, would try to kill Harry. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think Harry gets them before they have a chance to even try. But I mean, in Percy Jackson, the TV show, Megan Mullally played this uh, completely unrelated to Harry Potter character named Electo, <laughs> and so now that, and she's a harpy, and that's what I picture <laughs> when we were talking about Electo Caro. Now I'm just thinking about her in Parks and Rec, and she's like. She's like, she's like, she's like, yeah. It's, she's like, yeah. I'm, I have to stay firm. No, no. She, what does she say? She's like, she's like, what, she says something straight as an arrow, <laughs> just like somebody I know. <laughs> she's That's like a pretty good impression. Slapping beef jerky across her face to try to entice <laughs> okay, Ron Swanson. I, it's all coming back to me yeah. now. <laughs> she doesn't look or sound at all like herself. Oh, like, really? She's Percy a really good Jackson. voice actor. So. Yeah, no, she's great. She's great. She she was super. She was full harpy mode. Like I didn't recognize her at all. Um. Anyway, that's all I got. Does anyone have anything else they want to talk about when it comes to Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince? <laughs> I I mean I don't think so. No, I think we yeah, pretty much so. covered it. I like did okay. did Mots ever answer about that last question? No, Mots is sleeping. Uh, but hey, Mots, dear Mots. Let's ask this in the Discord server today, the clarified version of your would you rather. Okay, let's talk about it. If you're in the Discord, feel free to, feel free to pop that in there and tag me and Mots. <laughs> what, Andrew, what was like your favorite one thing in this whole book? Whether it's like a plot point or a character or like a moment or a line of dialogue, what was like the number one favorite thing? I think it was probably when the scene where Harry left the Dursleys. Okay. And the reason is like, I don't know, just the, the finality along with it of like closing that chapter and moving on was kind of like the first, it felt like the first of like, I mean, it literally is the first of the goodbyes, right? So it's like starting the unwinding in a way. I don't know. It, 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 it still resonates with me. Are you talking about the Dursley chapter that we read from yeah. book seven for our Dursleys? Oh, shit. <laughs> You're right. Oh, fuck me. Andrew, you are pick absolutely a, pick right. a different section. I, <laughs> I do have to cut that so people listen to the. Yeah. So no, maybe this will be like a little plug. Hey, everyone, join our Patreon. So listen <laughs> to me and Andrew talk about the Dursleys in two months. Um, can you come back to me? Okay. Leela, what's your favorite part of this book? She shook her head, but it's still your turn. <sighs> okay. Um, I think Slughorn is really fun. Oh, yeah. He is a fun character. He's a fun new addition. I really liked... I wish that we... It would be really cool if we had gotten even to know him sooner. But 
Um, I think it's, it, I think cool it's like cool that J.K. Rowling wrote like uh, she's really into good and evil. So it's yeah. like, oh, you wrote like a good morally gray character. You yeah. wrote someone who's like apathetic. It's yeah. weird to like applaud it. But yeah, it's like, wow, there's like a little complexity there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I appreciated it. And he's yeah. just fun. He's an interesting. I would definitely like to get a couple drinks with Horace Slughorn and yeah. pick his brain about a couple things. Yeah, totally. Um, Haley. Yeah, honestly, I was gonna say uh, <laughs> Slughorn too because I just it, I really enjoy him as a character. It's I uh, like more than liking the nuance. Even I I like I like when it's acknowledged that you can uh, not dislike someone, but also not trust them. You know, like you can yeah. you can love someone and not trust them. You can. I uh, trust someone's intentions, but not their follow through. Like, and it doesn't mean that you like them any less. Like, so, like I really enjoy him as a character, and I think I would like him as a dude on a personal level. But I would mm-hmm. never fully trust him as a person, which I think is fair. And I just think that that's there's so much texture to him. Uh, yeah. Like, and I I want to know everything about his past. I, yeah. Like I I just love a fun side character. Yeah. Hell yeah. I feel you on that. Wait, was that your favorite part? Honestly, like, it, it was that and uh, the fact that the this is the first book where the kids feel like they've fully come into their own, like... Like personalities. Personalities and also, like, within the kind of mini culture of the school. Like... Mm, I feel you. Like, they have, they have a tangible <laughs> s- social standing among, like, their yeah. classmates. And I feel like in all the other books, there's a lot of like Harry being like in favor with the school or like out of favor with the school and a lot of like school politics and stuff and like him being in like the papers and stuff. And this book doesn't have a lot of that. He's just kind of vibing. Yeah, like it's it's more about his interpersonal relationships than like Mm -hmm. him and Ron and Hermione against a mob. Yeah. So that's that's another thing that I enjoy. Yeah. Nice. Andrew, have you had time to think about what your yeah, favorite thing was? I think I'm probably going to go with the cave. The whole, the oh. whole, everything that led to it and Harry having this whole, like, kind of mission of trying to, you know, Dumbledore trying to get him to discover all this stuff on his own. And everything that led up to it, only for it to seem like this moment where everything, instead of going right, went completely wrong. I don't know. It just did. It, it was yeah. always something that stuck with me. Yeah. I like that. That's kind of like my favorite part of Half-Blood Prince, which is like the part of Snape's character arc where he like makes a really serious choice and like kills Dumbledore in an act of like supreme loyalty to him and like makes everyone that he knows in his life think he's like the worst person. I think that's so interesting. I think Snape's a really interesting character without all the love bullshit. I really like this part of his story. So that's probably my favorite part of the book. I also want to shout out in the movie because I think we had almost a two hour movie episode last week, but I don't think I mentioned when Slughorn in the movie spills a little bit of beer on Hermione and then says all hands on deck Granger. That's my favorite part of the movie. It's so fucking funny. If I, I, if I spill anything on anyone, I say all hands on deck. It does not take back the fact that you spilled on them, but it makes you laugh. All right. Well, that's a wrap on Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Let's get the fuck out of here. I'm driving. We're going to the next book. 
on to the next one. <laughs> Some of us are already one. there. <laughs> Some of us are already there. Haley, you're going to be on our pre-game episode for Deathly Hallows along with Mary Clay, which I'm very excited about. That'll come out. The chosen in one. March. <laughs> oh, we do have to make all our friends look at our choices. Maybe I'll post it yes. on Instagram or something. And then Leela, you're in the very first chapter mm-hmm. of um, what is the next book called? Deathly Hallows. Yeah, I keep forgetting. <laughs> Deathly Hallows, parts one and two. We're talking to Zach from My Cabbages because he has not read this book, so I'm giving him the first chapter because they're always like fun out of context chapters. You know what I mean? Yeah. He hasn't read it. <laughs> No, and he's not going to read it this okay. time. Okay, <laughs> he will read the first chapter for me. Yes, he will. Awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, goodbye, Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. I won't read you again for probably 10, 10 to twelve years, but I probably will again <laughs> before I die. But thanks everybody for listening so yeah. far along, and and hey, keeping with us, and we really appreciate you guys and love you. Hell yeah! I'm excited to finish this podcast. I'm excited to do one more book. It's so cool that I, it's ending soon. Like, it's so cool that we're going to finish it. I'm just very proud of us. And I'm grateful for everyone. Aw. I love everyone in this bar. Drinks on Tina. That's it, potheads. Thanks for listening to The Restricted Section. Hosted and produced by me, Christina Kahn. The music produced by Ryan Kahn. Logo designed by Michael Hardison. Please don't find us on social media. I am not doing anything there. However, you are welcome to join our Patreon. For a dollar a month, you can gain access to our Discord server, which is a lot of fun. And for $5 a month, you get access to our monthly bonus episodes. There's also a $10 and a $20 here as well. So please go check that out. We are honored to be part of Deus Ex Media Podcast Network which features lots of wonderful podcasts for nerds, including this one. Coffee. Tea. Honor. Cabbage. Long ago, the four elements lived in harmony. Then, shit went totally cray when the Avatar attacked. Only the Cabbage Man merchant of fine cruciferous vegetables could stand against his trolling. But when the world needed some dank veg, he vanished. Ten years have passed, and my partner and I have started a new podcast. My Cabbages! An Avatar podcast. A weekly show about Avatar The Last Airbender. Whether it's Sokka's new line of cologne. Hey, look at you, sitting there on a seal. Well, now look back at me. I'm on on an even bigger seal. Now look away. D&D related antics. You have to make an acrobatics check for that. And Aang just like unzips his pants and whips out his D20s. He's just like, I got this. Or randomly breaking into song. (laughs) We'll stumble our way through the greatest show ever made, one episode at a time. You can reach us at CabbageCast, which is our Twitter, or subscribe wherever you catch pod. Rotten cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? Oh, I forgot I had Grimace pulled up on my internet browser. So <laughs> 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 Jump scare. Dave X Media.